Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. SNL did a parody of Olivia Pope. Cecily Strong played Quinn, and who played Huck? I don't, I don't remember this. But he's one of, he's a great actor. I, I can't remember his name, but he was so good. It was un fucking believable. Yeah. Like I was losing my mind. That's the first time we were like, oh, we're like, like this is crazy. Like we're on SNL. No, this is zeitgeist. Like this is like a cultural phenomenon. If you get parodied on SNL. You've made it, folks. You have made it. Or your or your life is over because you're like, you know, Wiener, the guy that showed his Wiener to the world or whatever, the political guy. We literally did an episode of Scandal on the Wiener thing, like sending dick pics. We had like a guy that had to get fixed for sending, tweeting and sending out too many dick yes. pics. Yes, yes, yes. There is so much to talk about. <laughs> I'm honestly giddy. Like, I feel... <laughs> I love it. Me too. Me too. Very. I love you very much, Guillermo Diaz. I love you too, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Guillermo Diaz and I are just going through paperwork right now because (laughs) you have like a... I have a fucking book I wrote down. (laughs) You have Um, a book. Okay. We're so fucking pumped, to be completely honest. So guys, here we have episode 102. It's titled Dirty Little Secrets. We all have some of those, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) It first aired on April 12, 2012. That's a long-ass time ago. It was written by the awesome Heather Mitchell and directed by Roxanne Dawson. Remember Roxanne? She was one yes. of our first, obviously, one of the first directors. Yes, and I think she was our producing director that season, but we'll get into that later. She was, yeah, yeah. And this episode is guest-starring Mimi Kennedy as Sharon Marquette, John Getz as Patrick Keating, and Megan Gallagher as Stacy Keating. I'm going to take you through the synopsis of the episode at Scandal Pace because we need to get into this episode and we cannot be bothered with all these logistics. But I just want to say it really quickly in Scandal Pace speed so that you know what the hell was going on in the episode. So the synopsis is Olivia must protect a new client who's under investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Quinn runs into trouble with Amanda Tanner when a charming reporter, Gideon Wallace, approaches Quinn at the hospital trying to get information. Meanwhile, at the White House, President Grant has just nominated his first Supreme Court justice, a man who has crossed paths with Olivia's most recent client. Oh my God, Katie, that was way too fast. I feel like, I feel like it might be a little too fast for the listeners. Like I get it. You know, we're so used to that scandal pace, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to just, you know, slow it up a little bit for, for the listeners. Okay. Let me, let me give let me hear you. Olivia must protect a new client under investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Quinn runs into trouble with Amanda Tanner with the charming reporter. Gideon Wallace approaches Quinn at the hospital trying to get information. Meanwhile, at the White House, President Grant has just nominated his first Supreme Court justice, a man who has crossed paths with Olivia's most recent client. God damn it, we can't stop scandal pacing. What is wrong with us? Every job I did after scandal, they were like, "Uh, can you please uh, just take your time, like slow it down. 
We are ruined as actors. Thank you so much, Shonda Rhimes. But like, yes. first of all, we must note, Guillermo, that was really fucking fast. And I always won the award as the fastest scandal paced speaker on the cast. And you just gave me a run for my money. That was pretty fast, huh? It was really fast. And also, we have to give such applaud to Hawk because not only did you master scandal pace, but you would normally have to speak at scandal pace whilst saying absolute hacking jargon like QR facial recognition software. Yes, stuff. I had no idea what it meant or what it was. I, you know, Huck is is this tech savvy like character, obviously everyone knows, but me, Guillermo Diaz, is like, um, where do I go on my phone to turn on the light? Like I'm <laughs> the worst. I think even for this podcast, someone sent you a link for us to like open up our first meeting on this podcast. And you're all texting me like, can you like text me that link? I don't know if I can get it on my computer or my phone. And I'm like, Guillermo. (laughs) I sure did. I sure did. I was like, Katie, thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that's what happened in the episode. But like (sighs) sitting down and rewatching episode two gave me such fucking vibes because it's just so classic early scandal. It's a case of the week. The case is Sharon Marquette, who's played by Mimi Kennedy. And she's like, I'm DC's finest madam, is what she says. She's basically running a whorehouse for like all these politicians where they get their fancy ass hookers. Yes. And it's the first episode, you know, once we got picked up. Wait, by the way, how long was this between shooting the pilot and... When did we start this? Do you remember? I was going to ask you that because one of the fr- one of the things that like stuck out for me in this episode was Carrie's wig. I was like, <laughs> oh, we got some money now. They were like, OK, we want to order like seven episodes or six because we had done the pilot. But I yeah. was like, that wig got spruced up. It looked like she went through the Emerald City makeover that Judy Garland goes through. And all of a sudden she got this like fancy, like curly, like updo, like, you know. <laughs> Everyone is listening when you shoot a pilot. It's like. They don't give you I mean, they give you money, but it's not like if it's series and it goes to series, they're going to like commit a little bit more. So, yeah, exactly. Carrie's yeah. wig. And when she comes on this show, we have to have like a whole conversation about wigs because I know she made a lot of character choices based on whether her hair was curly or straight. But I think that we see a major upgrade in this episode. <laughs> yes. In the first couple minutes of this episode, we're already listening to Stevie Wonder. It's already like, and you and Abby are in the madam's apartment. You know, Stephen, played by Henry and Cusick, is out on the street on the phone with Olivia and David Rosen drives by and we're on a ticking time clock where like you guys got to totally take over whatever's in her apartment. Before the cops get there. Yeah. Yes. And it just seems so cool record scratch to Quinn standing waiting for the elevator to come up like a freaking loser (laughs) she's like what the hell is going on well Quinn is also the audience right Quinn is the one that's like okay what's what's going down here like fill me in and no one's like really filling her in and they're just like you gotta learn like you gotta just watch and learn (laughs) in this episode Olivia is pissed because she has found out that her Dude, her love of her life, Fitzgerald Grant III, is fucking Amanda Tanner. And now she's pissed. And now Amanda tried to kill herself. And now here we are where she's like, oh, Amanda Tanner, I'm going to get this bitch to be my client. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, a couple other things about this episode that need to be 
mentioned that are in uh, some notes. G and I take notes, people. G takes them on paper. I take them on the notes section of my phone. (laughs) I'm old school, yep. He played a hacker and he can't do anything technologically savvy. Okay. No. David Rosen calls Olivia by her whole name, Olivia Carolyn Pope. Yep. Do you remember where Carolyn came from? Hell no. Okay, I texted Carrie yesterday and I said, do you remember where Carolyn comes from? And she's like, not, no. But I remember being on set and everyone being like, oh my gosh, like, it's so lovely that her middle name is Carolyn because that's, I want to say Shonda's middle name, but I could be, do you not remember this at all? I don't remember this at all. Wait, I'm texting. I'm going to text Shonda right now and I'm going to ask her. <laughs> I really feel like it was a special nod to something. This is also, I remember in this, in that scene where he says her middle name is the first time he goes to sort of poker and Huck steps up and he's like, do not touch her. And it's the first time you see Huck <sighs> be sort of like, um, you're like, oh, that's like Olivia's like protective, like pit bull. Like he's like, her protector, and I, I, I love that moment because he was like, I will snap your neck, motherfucker. It was really, that's when you realize that, like, these aren't just lawyers. Yeah. Quinn walks in in episode one and says, so you're all lawyers. And you're like, no, lawyers are for losers. Like, we're fixers. We're crisis managers. It's a whole package of different kinds of people. Right. And I always thought in episode two, When David Rosen goes to touch Olivia and you're like, do not touch her. You're like, holy shit. These people are. Yeah, they're like a whole mixed bag of crazy. (laughs) Yeah, they have scary baggage. This is also the episode where we meet Morris. Yes. Who we've got to have on this podcast. I love him so much. Morris is the White House security guard at the security gate that checks people in. And he's so lovely and so wonderful And again, such a secret sauce to this show because our guest stars, our co-stars, our people with one line are just fucking killing it. We meet Morris and then right with Morris, Olivia Pope is not getting checked into the White House, right? Like they're not letting her in in this episode. I can't remember why. Do you remember why, G? That Cyrus thinks that Olivia is not on the president's side anymore. So he's like, he revokes her her pass to the White House. That's right. And so then we meet Billy Chambers, who's in line right behind Olivia. And he's like, oh, hold on. Let me just call the front gate and like let you in. And she's like, thanks so much, Billy. Did Billy know at that time that he was going to be the Billy Chambers? I He couldn't have, right? No, none of it. Well, none of us knew, right? Like all the crazy stuff that we do on the show, none of us knew till like the table read. In this episode where we're dealing with the madam, Abby's all pissed because Stephen, she finds out Stephen's sleeping or has slept with whores and paid prostitutes. In the madam's book, yeah, as one of her clients. Exactly. And when you guys have those scenes where you're going through, I don't think Huck is there, but it's Harrison Wright and it's Stephen and they're talking about what sunny day is, what hardwood Hardwood floors are, like speaking Greek and then... um, there around was the world. Around yeah. the world. So, like, for those of you, it, I was laughing, and Abby Darby <laughs> does such an amazing job of being uncomfortable and asking, like, well, what's hardwood floors? Like, in her snarky-ass way. Yes, yes. And who, what's the answer? The answer is so brilliant. It's like. Oh, it's when, uh, it's when uh, there's nothing to match the the 
the carpets don't match the drapes or something like that. It just means that she's bald, right? Well, yeah, like okay. she's, she's, yeah, yeah. She got <laughs> okay. that Brazilian wax. She's, but like full, full throttle, full, full, full. Bald headed. That's terrifying. Okay. Then she's like, okay, fine, sunny day. And they're yeah. like, uh, you don't have to wear a raincoat. Yeah. Which is, guys, I'm so <laughs> lame. I'm sitting on my bed. I'm like hysterical laughing. Can you imagine being a writer in the writer's room coming up with this bullshit? I do not. This is what I love about Scandal, especially these this early these early scandals and why it gets me like just such it makes me giddy is that the show is fucking funny. Yeah. And then I also love in this episode um, that Olivia Pope says all cylinders, people, let's go. Yes. Is that the first time we hear her say that? I think it might be. By the way, listeners, we're dealing with only 42 minutes of television. This is the second round of 42 minutes and we are already giving you. Such hashtags. (laughs) Yes. Such t-shirts. Yes. Such sayings. I mean, all cylinders, people. Let's go. Who says that? And also, speaking of t-shirts, Katie and I are wearing, I think this was our first, like, merch that we got gifted from Shonda and the producers, right? It's like a long sleeve black, really nice shirt that says scandal on the front where like your, you know, your chest pocket would be where your boob is. (laughs) And then on the back, it says, do you want to be a gladiator in a suit? Right. Or does it say, I I can't stand up right now. Well, you turn around. Here, what does this say? It says, oh yeah. Do you want to be a gladiator in a suit? Which is so awesome. Ah, so this shirt, bravo to Guillermo and I, because this shirt is 12, 10 years old or somewhat, and we are wearing it. Yes, yes. Well. And I was telling Katie, I cannot dry this shirt because if I dry it, it's going to be like, you know, it's it's not going to go over my belly. Guillermo and I, over the course of this podcast, we have a lot of vintage pieces that will be coming out. They might be clothing. They might be gifts. They might be shit we stole from the scandal set. They might be clothing I stole from the scandal set. But this shirt is so special and I would never wear it in public because it is way too fucking tight. Totally, totally. You know what's funny? I wore it. I had to go to the grocery store to get detergent and I I have the shirt on and I was in an aisle looking for, you know, looking for it, which one I was going to pick. And a guy was like, kept staring at me and I was like, oh crap. And he was like, I loved you on Scandal. And I was like, oh God, I'm wearing a Scandal shirt. I was like, how how cheesy. No, no, it's sweet. And everyone listening, so you know, I get recognized, but I really look like everyone else. Like, I really think I'm like pretty average in size and height and in brown hair, brown eyes. Like, you got to really know. I can, I don't, Guillermo fucking Diaz cannot go (laughs) anywhere like anywhere. <laughs> I mean, traveling around with you, I don't know how Mikey does it. I don't know because you stick out like a sore thumb. Like you're just so <laughs> special. You don't look like anyone else. You have a vibe about oh you. You God. have a look. And the greatest treat about that is that a lot of times when Guillermo gets recognized for scandal, he also gets recognized for half-baked and people are just passing you weed. <laughs> People want to get me high everywhere I go. We were in Israel and people were like, you want to get high? Everywhere you go, Um, people want to get you high. We were at the White House correspondent (laughs) dinner and everyone's trying to get you high. Like everyone just wants to say to their group of friends, I got stoned with Guillermo Diaz from Half Baked or I got stoned with Huck or like whatever. You're just cool. You know, very early in my career, Katie, I learned that you have to be kind to your fans. So I can't say no you know, so I'm 
I, so, I, I just, you so, know, I have to kindly accept. Yes, I will give you that memory. I will give you that memory. Please. It's not. It's it's OK. It's not too much off my back. Um, what else did you love about this episode? One of the things that I loved about about uh, this episode, Katie, that stuck out also was the sets. It's the first. I mean, you you see the sets, of course, in the pilot, but mm. this was the first time that you see the recreated yeah. actual set where we we shot the pilot at an actual location in downtown L.A. in this in this old old building where those panels that those window panels that we have on our show those cracked flawed window panels were all real and our amazing you know scandal team that works on the sets at the stages where we shot the show, recreated that place like perfectly. And it looks so freaking good in this episode. That is such a great point. And what blessing did they give us? Because the real one downtown, the real OPA, the hallway was actually insanely long. (laughs) And when they recreated it on the stages, it was like still long, but half the length. Because Quinn is constantly walking up and down the fucking hallway giving yeah. people coffee. Like, I don't think you had to deal with this. And I hate wearing high heels and my feet are an issue at all times. And those pencil skirts that kept, like, twisting oh, on God. you, remember? And my spanks. Every time I took a step, my pencil skirt would just, like, rotate. I spent 80 hours a week complaining about my feet, which Kerry Washington never did. And she's wearing, like, literally six-inch every single high-end fashionable shoe. And I, I think I was in Jessica Simpson, like, low price shoe because I, you know, when we did fittings, I would say like Quinn doesn't have what Olivia Pope has. Like I shouldn't be in Prada and all this shit. Yeah. But anyway, they they made the hallway half the length when they recreated it. And I remember being like, oh, thank you, God, (laughs) because this will just log me like less steps where my feet and my pencil skirt are just just ridiculous. Like my feet were hurting so badly. Do you also remember, Katie, the the window panels that I mentioned a little bit ago We w- where we would have to put up people's photos? I think you know this, Katie, but I when we wrapped the, the series, I asked Mary Howard, who was one of our producers, I asked her, hey, is there any way I can get one of those window panels? And they sent me, they delivered one to my house and it's with the iron around it. Katie, it weighs like a ton. You didn't know that? No, where is it? your house it's in the right at the entrance of the house like on the wall right there it's like one of my favorite things that i have in my house and i I was like thank god i asked for this i'm seethingly jealous they literally took one of those things and delivered it to my house (laughs) guillermo i that makes me like sleep better at night knowing that you have one of the window panes yes yes and our opa conference table desk is the the main conference room table at Shondaland offices in Hollywood. No way. I didn't know that. Yep. I was there once before COVID and I walked past the big conference room and it's the OPA conference table that you and I boned on. Yes, that's (laughs) right. Where we would hide all our sides on the chairs and then we'd scooch them into the table and we boned on that table. We sure did. (laughs) We'll be right back, guys. 
Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Okay, Quinn has one job. You all are working on the Madam case. You're right. all trying to That's have right. her not give up her list <laughs> to David Rosen of all the people in D.C. who are sleeping with prostitutes. Mm-hmm. I simultaneously am doing this B story where I'm never supposed to let Amanda Tanner out of my sight because we know that Gideon Wallace, who's a reporter from The Sun, has been sniffing around and Olivia Pope doesn't want that getting out. So I'm just supposed to be watching this girl and Quinn's like, I don't want to watch this girl. (laughs) And then Olivia's like, don't let her out of your sight. And I'm like, right, don't let her out of your sight. Don't let her out of my sight. Don't let her out of my sight. Don't let her out of my sight. (laughs) She's gone. How the hell did she get out there that quickly? And also, is that allowed? Don't you have to be discharged? Right? Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. You would have heard yelling and shit. Yeah. And then I go to your office and I say, I'm going to barf. How do I find something that's gone missing? And you're like, go check her house. And I'm like, oh. Check her house? Check her house. Oh, my. Yeah. And it's already, you know what's so lovely also going back? It's already like, I can see what the writers were seeing about Huck taking Quinn under his wing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can already see, like I always go to you. Abby is just like so mean to Quinn. It's insane. Yeah. And great (laughs) and lovely. And I love it. And like Harrison just doesn't have time because he's just like Mr. Man about town. And you're really the only person. Yeah. That's left. That will talk to her. (laughs) Katie, do you remember that we used to talk while we were filming the show? Like, how did how do the writers know and how does Shonda know our relationships? Because you and I started to get really close. And then we'd be like, dude, are there microphones like in our trailers? Like on and then we'd see it in the scripts, reflected in the scripts, right? We were like always. We would be like, no. They have got to have bugged the makeup So on sets, makeup trailers is where a lot of shit talking gets done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's mostly because you're there at five o'clock in the morning. You know, your makeup and hair people are the ones that are closest to your face at all times. Like when you're on your period, when you've had a rough night, when you're like, so the makeup trailer just sort of becomes this place. And I always like this shit has got to be bugged because we would talk about we would like have relationships forming and like trust things happening. And then we would see them 100 percent reflected in scripts down the road. Yeah. Also, what we would do in the trailer, I was going to say, was we were really studious and we would drill lines. Well, we had to, right? We had to because we had to we had to scandal pace our dialogue, which so I don't know if people know. We should say that it first started because the scripts were so long, right? And there were so many words that I, I think it was Shonda that said, you guys have to talk fast to get all this stuff out. And that's, I think, where it started. But then we all, I think, discovered little by little that the faster you... 
you speak. I mean, you know, the the intention and the we're still acting under the the fast pace, but every time it made that scene better. Every single time. Even beyond scandal. I'm sometimes I'm on sets, I'm like, y'all gotta speed that shit up. And not only did we have to have scandal pace, but we had to be word perfect. This wasn't a show that you were like, hey, you know, throw in an improv. Like, that didn't happen on Scandal. Which, by the way, Guillermo Diaz, brilliant improv actor from Dave Chappelle show. Oh, God, no. But yeah, I think we had to drill lines. Yeah. In fact, when I watched these episodes back, the amount of material Kerry Washington had. Oh, my God, yeah. Most hour-long scripts, I want to say, are like 50 to 60 pages. Some of our scripts were 89 fucking pages. (laughs) That's really long. Crazy to think that that would fit in 42 minutes and shoot in nine days. We We would cut up and have fun and laugh and do all that stuff on set. But most of the time, I feel like we'd be like, let's run lines. Let's run lines. It was nonstop that we were like, yo, let's run that scene. Let's run lines. Because we just wanted to get it right. We couldn't. There was no room for, you know, to, to, to mess up. And we were like that on each other. I mean, I felt like we were all not goody two shoes, but we all really believed in the show and wanted to do a good job. And so everyone didn't want to be the person in the scene to fuck it up because a lot of the OPA scenes are like those theater scenes where you're in an ensemble, you're holding like tossing a volleyball up between all of your lines. And if you're the dick that yeah. fucks up the take because you go up and you forget the line, it just made the take not usable for everybody else. Totally. And like no one wanted to be that person. So it was like we were all like, can we run him? Can we run him? Can we run him? I don't want to be the one that like drops the ball. Yeah. We have that whole monologue where Olivia and I drop my jaw down to the ground, which I feel like is really a poor acting choice on my part. I love that Um, moment. And Olivia says, slip your number into the door. She's going to call you and it is your job to get her to be our client. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so I put the number down and she does call because Olivia is a genius and she knows what's going to happen. And so Amanda Tanner and I meet, I think, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah, yeah. And we get a glimpse into Quinn's past, which is Lindsay Dwyer. And I say, Quinn says something like, I was in trouble once. A lot of people wanted to. I was in trouble. I was alone and it was awful. Now, you think we're getting a glimpse into Quinn Perkins' past. But at that point, the writer's room did not know what Quinn's past was. I always forget that they did it, right? Nobody knew where that was going to go. They didn't know. Oh, my God. They didn't know. So (laughs) what I think is interesting is that things were already being built. But I also sometimes wonder if I had played it differently. Like, I played it as truth. Mm -hmm. Like, Quinn does have this thing, this, like, secret. But I could have played it as, like, I'm tricking her. Like I'm making it up. Right. Just to get her to to be a client. Yeah. Because Olivia told me to. And I always am like, wow, had I been playing that, would things have been different? Right. Who knows? Um, hey, speaking of the that scene at the Lincoln Memorial, we should talk about how that we we shot this show in California, in LA, at some stages, at Sunset Hour stages. But the CGI, what is it called? The green screen? What yes. is it considered CGI? The um you know, the backgrounds. I think so. Because when you see when you see uh, the Lincoln Memorial and uh, other, uh, you know, historical sites in D.C., like that's all green screen. And and the team that did that were so freaking talented, too, because I remember remember people would come up to us all the time and be like, you guys shoot the show in D.C.? People still think that now. Yeah. And we'd be like, no, it's green screen. And they'd be like, what? Because it's good. It's re- it was really, really good. Like they did an amazing job. Yeah, we would always be outside. In parks, 
all over L.A. And then they would have this like massive green screen that they would then superimpose, like you're saying, the Jefferson Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, whatever, the mall. Yeah. And we would be dressed in coats, sweating balls. (laughs) (laughs) In California, where it never gets cold except for today. And Lynn Palo, we're going to have her on, too. She's the amazing costume designer. Lynn Palo, she, I think, just set the world. I don't know if that was her choice or Shonda's choice, that it was just a forever fall. I think yeah. it was just like forever fall, which means we're yeah. just like always in peacoats, a scarf. Olivia's obviously like in the most incredible gloves you've ever seen in your entire life that go up to her elbow. <laughs> but most a lot of times we would be in like 110 degrees in a wool coat. Yeah. Having to act. Disgusting. I mean, the chafing that was going on in my pencil skirts, (laughs) I deserve all the acting awards, people. And I was in freaking flannels. Remember flannels? And then a leather jacket on top of that and boots. Oh, later on down the road, it used to be like a war of like, Lynn would be like, well, we can't, we need to have different flannels on Quinn and Hawk. That's right. That's right. We started dressing, they started dressing us very much alike. You were in, in, in freaking black leather boots and leather yes. jackets and flannels. And yeah, you love that though, right? Oh, I can't. Yes. yes. Oh. It was so sexy. We'll get there. That's how the shit I took. Yes, we'll get there. I did too. <laughs> okay. How Sharon Marquette gets off is Olivia staring at the board, which by the way, that's what we call that glass wall that we put up the cases and all the people's pictures. We called it like who's at the board. So Olivia's staring at the board at the board and she has this brilliant idea. Let's call all these douchebags. <laughs> Let's call all these dudes to the table and say, like, look, guys, this is all going to come out and your life is screwed unless we all pool together our resources. You're all trifling. Bill Withers comes on. Call me Mr. Pitiful. Best song ever. I love the soundtrack of this entire show, especially this episode. Yes. And Harrison goes around and he's like, hey, wooden floors. Hey, you. Hey, sunny coat, whatever. <laughs> that music montage scene is the best. And and Harrison, man, Harrison is the dude. Like, I, I'm like in love with him. He's so in I, love. Columbus Short is so freaking cool and good and sexy and sexy. And, and he's flipping his phone and he's walking the walk and he's solving the cases and he's out there and they're playing fucking awesome music. And he's just makes it look effortless oh so so good so good we love columbus yeah so they all come in and they get sharon marquette off praise b we cut to fitz wasted in the oval and he's on the seal and he's in a scene with cyrus and he tells cyrus like i love olivia pope we're not talking about this tomorrow but i'm in love with olivia pope Mm -hmm. i mean (sighs) he's whipped he got whipped He's so whipped. And at those in those beginning times, like especially episode two, this early on in the in the series, I just feel like it was such separate shows. Like we never went over there. They oh, yeah. never came over to us. We only saw them at table reads. Yeah. There were, remember, I mean, moving forward, you know, closer to to other seasons, we'd have our characters eventually sometimes go to the White House, but it was such a big deal for us, right? We'd be like, "Oh my God, we're going to be at the White House! I can't believe I'm acting with Bellamy or with with Jeff or Tony." Yeah, because we never, we never, you know, encountered them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was two separate worlds, completely. Two separate worlds, and ours and ours was better. Oh, but like way we better, better. Yeah. way more but fun. But anyway, I'm just saying, yeah, and cuter. <laughs> I think before we were really going over there and maybe even before we really started to have storylines 
intermingle. Tony came over and and we would he directed an episode or two. And he'd always like hate love directing OPA because he would be like, what the fuck? Is he'd be like, you guys, you got to focus. Stop singing. Stop dancing. Like <laughs> yeah. Columbus Short is the best dancer ever. He like yes. choreographed Britney Spears like a world tour she had like a million years ago. Like he's an amazing mover. And if like it's even you can even see it in this episode when he like anytime he solves a case, the way he walks, the way he handles his props, his phones, it's like fucking cool. Yeah. And I just think when Tony came over, he was in shock at like not that we're unprofessional. We're just better. <laughs> but I remember that he was like I it felt like he was like a, a substitute teacher who was like. You know, and it's, the kids were just out of control. Like, you could not get us to stop talking. But you were the best, Katie. You were, I remember you, we'd be like, blah, 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 talking, and then they'd be like, okay, rolling, but you'd still be talking, blah, 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 blah. And then be like, and close to action, you'd be like, Olivia, I need to go to the, you were so good at going from like, you know what I mean? From reality to like Quinn. You were so good at it. I'm so honored. You were so, so good at it. Okay, so we talked about the Lincoln Memorial part, and then the end of the episode is that. Gideon walks in and Amanda Tanner is there and she's now become our client and she's like, you don't have a story. And he's like, well, I wasn't sure. But now that I've just walked in here and Amanda Tanner is here and you're here now, I do. What a freaking turd, right? I was like, you're a little turd. Like, he's so annoying in this episode. Ugh. I was like, you little bitch. Like, what is wrong? Oh, who's this? Is that your best friend? Did she just try to kill herself? Oh, wow. Or whatever the hell. (laughs) Oh, when he walks in and he's saying to Quinn, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's funny? When I first met Gideon. Who's an amazing actor. He's 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 doing this is what he needed. He's an amazing actor. And by the way, do you know who he's married to? Gideon Wallace, who is played by Brendan Hines. Yes. During the pandemic, married Tatiana Maslany, who play, who's the lead in Orphan Black. She won the Emmy for Orphan Black. Do you know her? I sweared I was going to say the Russian ice skater. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Oksana Bayul. I was thinking Oksana Bayul. I was like, that motherfucker married the Russian ice skater? I'm so dumb. Careful. Wait. That- <laughs> he married a Russian ice skater? I am losing my <laughs> No, Gideon did not marry Oksana Bailu. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing. Oh, God, I hope this podcast comes out and we just start that rumor. Uh, what is wait. Oksana Bailu? I hope she's okay. Where, I where think is she's, she? I, I don't think know. she's okay. I think she's okay. But wait, he married this lovely woman. He married Tatiana Maslany. No, she's like literally one of the greatest actresses yes. of our time. Yes, yes. I know exactly who that is. Outstanding. And they're both Canadian. And I think what? they're just like living this phenomenal life. Okay. Wow. Bless Gideon. Like, bless Gideon. I mean, bless <laughs> Brendan Hines. So and bless funny. Oksana Bayul. That okay. is a wrap on... No. <laughs> I'm kidding. We will be back with more after the break. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. 
we're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Bienvenidos a todos al Unpacking the Toolbox. Wait, how do you say unpacking the toolbox in Spanish? I don't fucking know. Estamos sacando las cosas de la caja. That's hard. I don't know, something like that, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back! Welcome back, y'all! I remember coming to the prospect offices to read episode two when we had heard we were picked up and Shonda sitting down next to me and being like, that's going to be your love interest. Like right there, Brendan Hines. And I remember being like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, it's not that I, I, he's so handsome and like a great actor. I just was like not ready to like have a love interest. I wasn't like comfortable yet. I felt like, oh God, fuck, that's what Quinn's going to be doing. Oh no. I think your first, one of your first thoughts, which was for all of us, because when I first found out that Huck was going to have a love interest, was like, am I going to have to have my shirt off? Do I have to stop eating? Do I need to work out? What the fuck? Are they going to have a shirt? Because it's scandal. So you knew they were going to end up screwing, right? Yes. So we I think were the, a 10 you, p.m. show, people. Yes. Fucking was on the table. I mean, not cable, not cable sex. Not but, cable sex, but yeah, 10 p.m. sex. Which is more than Grey's at 9 p.m. And we had all seen Grey's. We knew we were going to be pushing the envelope a little more than that. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't that it was like, oh, no, Brendan Hines. It was more like, oh, no, wait, shit. I'm going to have a love interest. I'm going to have to ha- be doing stuff. Like, I <laughs> yep. didn't have a lot of experience with that. But anyway. Gideon Wallace, the turd. Yes. He's turdish in the episode in that he just is, like, trying to uncover the case and it might be annoying. Yeah, yeah. And also a little piece of information about uh, Brendan Hines is that he did Lock and Key with Darby. He's in that show with Darby. Yeah, yeah. Well, get on board because Brendan Hines and Gideon Wallace are a big part of season one. There's a lot going on. Yep. And we are going to be talking a lot about Brendan Hines and Oksana Bayul in the rest of this <laughs> season okay. of the Scandal Rewatch podcast, Unpacking the Toolbox. Yes. Fun facts about the episode. This is funny. We talked about the Stevie Wonder of it all. And the songs, which I feel like are perfect. The episode was referenced in Jeopardy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I love. There is a small continuity error, people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some of those Twitter fans are going to be like, oh, I knew that. Oh, my God. The continuity error is Patrick Keating is the president's first Supreme Court justice nominee during his presidency. But... In season two, episode eight, Happy Birthday, Mr. President, we learned that as part of the Defiance conspiracy deal, Verna Thornton was to receive a seat on the Supreme Court, being Fitz's first Supreme Court justice nominee in his term. Mm-hmm. We need to get someone on this show 
because I think most writers' rooms have not a dramaturg, but like a researcher. Isn't there someone in the room whose There's job it is, is to be. keep all this shit straight? But at some point, that stuff has to kind of go out the window. And there's got to be creative, like, light, what is it called? Creative license or whatever it's yes. called. To just be like, you know what? Like, yeah, that was that. But listen, there's 500 freaking episodes. Like, <laughs> give us a break. Listen, I'm a huge Golden Girls fan. And <laughs> in some episodes, Blanche has, you know, one daughter. And then the other one, she's got two daughters. And one of them is named this and that. And the names change. And I'm like, who cares? It's a great show. You know what I mean? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Stuff is, continuity stuff is all screwed up on on. That show, and I think on on great shows. Yeah. For example, my first screen test was for Guiding Light, which is like one, or I don't think it's on anymore, but it was like the longest running soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> and I was coming on to test to just be someone else who already existed in that role. Like that's how much people don't give a shit. Oh yeah, that's where it started. You're right. They were like, you're auditioning to play like. Like Abby, like if I was going in and just like, you're just replacing Abby. She played the role for 20 years and now she wants to retire. or We can't make ends meet in her contract or whatever. So will you just come on and be this person? And you're like, yeah, wait, what? Like, no yeah, one's okay. going to care. Yeah. But the audience somehow accepts it. Right. Like they don't make a big deal about it. And people just just accept it because it's, you know, the show is still Really great. Guiding Light was an amazing <laughs> show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? I didn't get that part. And guess who did? Who? This amazing actress named Melly Melissa Fumero, who was one of the lead girls on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No way. And right now she's on that show Blockbuster. Oh, wow. And she's a wonderful working actress. And we went to NYU together. And at the time, I was so bummed. I was like, I can't believe she's replacing Aubrey or whatever the character's name was on Guiding Light. And she like right out of the gate got like a four year contract on a soap opera and like made money. Oh, my God. And I used to tell myself like, oh, whatever. You don't want to be pigeonholed into being a soap opera actor because then that's all you'll ever be. Well, right. guys, that's not true because Me Melissa Fumero is doing great. <laughs> but at the time, that's like it means so much. Right. And you're like, oh, God, this would have meant the world. But look at you now. Look at you now. Played Quinn on Scandal. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. I just heard back from the queen herself, Shonda Rhimes. And I wrote again, why was Carolyn Olivia Pope's middle name? No pressure doing the podcast now. Three heart emojis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then I added, is that your middle name or something? That's what I remember. I remember being on set and someone saying that this is Shonda's middle mm. name. I am like literally I'm making shit up that none of that is true. <laughs> none of it is she true. She wrote back, nope. <laughs> it just came out of my head one day in writing the show. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. Also, just so I, just so everyone knows, I do not have Shonda Rhimes phone number. <laughs> go on, Katie. Go on. Continue. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. I don't want to send her something by mistake and be like, oh, my God. <laughs> No, but I'm going to bring it to all of you. All of you listeners, I am going to bring you the good stuff. I, I will reserve it and not text her anymore unless it's unless it's DEFCON for all cylinders, people. Let's go. Yes. But no, out of her brilliant head, Olivia Carolyn Pope. <laughs> Can we just sing the song we used to sing? Yes. Whenever Olivia Pope, OPA, was um, handling a case? Pope, 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 Pope it out. out. Pope, 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 Pope it out. out. 
Pope it out. Pope it out. That's for Oksana Bayou, y'all. Brandon Hines, congratulations. May you may your love last forever. But before we go, like real quick, we gotta read some tweets at the time. You all know, all you super fans, all you OG gladiators that are listening, you know that Twitter was the backbone and party every single Thursday night, 10 p.m. East Coast time, Mountain time, Pacific time, whatever fucking time Twitter was going off. And G and I thought it would be really funny if we could like go back and find any tweets because it's such a time capsule. (laughs) Yeah. We have uh, three here that I... They're not that great, but they're going to get great. They're going to get great. Yeah. These tweets at the time are OK, but I know it. this this segment will pay off in yes. later episodes. This is just the beginning. This is yeah. when people are just starting to get their like Twitter feet wet. So all the way in April 12th of 2012, Miss Cassia, who is at Sivan Black, quotes, I'm a gladiator in a suit. I don't know if it was her, but on Twitter and some fan on Twitter hashtagged the first gladiator as being like that's the name of fans who watch scandal which stuck and still sticks to this day like i have people come up to me and they're like no no no, you don't get it like i'm a gladiator like i'm a gladiator and i'm like i believe you i believe you they're like no i'm like an og gladiator like from the beginning from day one i'm like i believe you you're a gladiator (laughs) i need to get my groceries (laughs) i believe you're a gladiator <laughs> and then from that, we change it to like gladiator in pajamas, gladiator in whatever, gladiator in doctor clothes, gladi- like people would change it for whatever they needed. Yes. Bonnie Smith at Bon Bon Fabu <laughs> on April 12th of 2012 wrote Thursday night primetime is the place to watch strong, intelligent women kicking ass and taking names. Freedom, Major Pain 44, she retweeted Scandal ABC. Do you think Amanda Tanner is telling the truth about her affair with the president? Uh, hashtag scandal. The president is a liar. He's a liar. That's what she wrote. The president is a liar. He is a freaking liar. Like, what? Yeah. It, it's In this episode, there's so many references to, 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 you know, the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal as well. And Cyrus has a line to the president in this episode, Dirty Little Secret. And he says, don't don't Clinton talk me or something like that. And I thought I caught that yesterday when I was rewatching it. I've watched this episode like 12 times, um, but I was like, "Ooh, that's such a great line. These tweets will get crazier and crazier. They have to the- they have to be like the nastiest, like crazy tweets ever. Right. I spent a whole night on Twitter in one of the episodes talking about my ass. <laughs> and I went to work and I told Oliver Bokelberg, our amazing DP, we were doing some episode where there was a mansion and they did a wide angle shot to show. This is what I tell myself. They did a wide angle shot to show the mansion and my my the back of Quinn is what walked us into the shot. <laughs> and this was insane. What was shown on national television. <laughs> and I spent the entire episode just reading tweets about my butt. No. Yeah. And like 98% of them were complimentary. And I'll take it, honey. I will take it. But See, we got to two... find those. Yeah. But but look, we're just getting started on the Scandal Rewatch podcast, Unpacking the Toolbox. This is just, we're just starting the unpacking yeah. of the toolbox. So like yes. things are going to get crazy. The series keeps getting more insane, intense, wild, 
So will this podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to whip out different shirts. Yep. <laughs> or no shirts for some of the podcasts. I'm down. I love early OG scandal, though. Like, I just yes. am so psyched to be on this ride with everybody listening and with you, Guillermo. I love you so much. But Me I'm too. so, like, happy to be watching these early episodes. They have such a fucking place in my heart. Yeah. We're literally reliving this experience, right? Yeah. Like, it's pretty. We're pretty lucky. This yeah. is awesome. I'm yeah. super excited. And again, this is just the beginning, y'all. This yeah, is just so episode two of Unpacking the Toolbox. And next week, come back. Listen to us talk about season one, episode three. Yes, y'all, please come back. The episode is called Hell Hath No Fury. And if you want to hear me and Katie, like, talk shit and cut up and crack up where we're crying, (laughs) come back and listen to the next episode. Yes, and listen and tell your friends. I'm talking to you. All you gladiators out there, OG. Mm Mm-hmm. Gladiators in suits, gladiators in doctor pants, gladiators in sweatpants, gladiators with wine glasses, gladiators on spin bikes, gladiators with popcorn, whatever gladiator you find yourself to be, current or in the past, come be part of the Scandal Fam and tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you, Guillermo Diaz. I love you, Kitty Lowe's. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you guys for joining us on Unpacking the Toolbox. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. Scandal is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Alex Alche, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince DeJohnny, with music by Chad Fisher. Scandal is a production of ABC Signature, and you can follow along by rewatching Scandal on Hulu. Unpacking the Toolbox is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.